Harbinger here. Welcome back to Superhero University. This is Lesson 5, Solution Seekers. Because of the superhero's great love for people, they are determined to see beyond problems, through the potential and to the possibilities. If superheroes are to save people, they need to be solution seekers. A solution seeker, yes. Being a solution seeker is a great concept and a wonderful thing to write on a resume. But there's one problem. We often worry about what's wrong. Many people are prone to pointing out problems. In fact, I just pointed out a problem by pointing out that problem. Oh no, well that's a problem. But wait, there's more. I have good news to share. Where there are problems, there can be solutions. In fact, here is a solution to problems. Never point out a problem unless you're also willing to present at least one solution. At the very least, you must be willing to seek a solution to a problem or else you become the problem. The person who refuses to seek a solution accepts the problem as a permanent pain. Think of all the superhero comics and or movies you've ever seen. Were there problems? Yes. Did that cause the superhero to give up and accept defeat? No. Did the superhero seek solutions? Yes. So what can we learn from the supreme superhero about seeking solutions? Everything. An excellent example of being a solution seeker is found in Mark 2, 1-12. Jesus was preaching in a house in Capernaum. There were so many people gathered there that the entrance was blocked and no one else could get in. However, four friends became determined to bring their paralytic friend to Jesus so that he would be healed. Because the four men were blocked from getting inside, they decided to seek a solution and create a way inside. They made a hole in the roof and lowered their friend down right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he forgave the paralytic man of his sins and also healed him. Most people will admit that seeking solutions is a good thing to do. However, if seeking solutions is such an easy answer to pesky and persistent problems, why are there so many people who are depressed and or filled with anxiety or worry? Why do so many people consider suicide? Well, there exist two major evil villains that prevent people from seeking solutions, fear and doubt. They are the fork in the tongue of the serpent. Many people often allow problems to paralyze them from going forward due to their fear of failure. Many people also what-if themselves into indecisiveness and doubt themselves into idleness. Fear and Doubt Fear paralyzes people and prevents possibility. Even if you do not fear anything, you can still be denied possibility due to doubt. If doubt becomes a barrier between you and belief, it becomes equal to fear in the sense that it still prevents you from possibility. The person who allows fear and doubt to take control becomes his or her own problem because he or she is imprisoned within his or her own mind. In that prison of problems, your only cellmate is stagnation. However, there is hope. 
I'm going to let you in on a secret in the hope that you're going to tell everyone and it will no longer be a secret. Doubt fears belief and fear doubts belief. Even with as much hatred and evil as fear and doubt have within themselves, they still understand the concept of teamwork. Together, they can imprison you. However, doubt fears belief. Doubt fears belief because belief banishes doubt away. Where is your concept of teamwork? You cannot have teamwork with fear or doubt while seeking possibility. Fear and doubt already work together with plans of destruction, and their target is you. You can only pair up with belief and vision in order to find possibility. Belief banishes doubt from you when you and belief join together to create a team. Together, you can then overcome fear because you would believe that you can do so. However, because fear doubts belief, fear will follow you, doubting that belief will remain within you. Since belief banishes doubt from you when you team up with belief, doubt will live inside of fear, who is following you, motivating fear to follow you. However, the pursuit will be in vain because belief is eternal so long as you never have an about-face of doubt. That means you will always be able to find possibility so long as you team up with belief. But belief in what? Not what, but who? Belief in the Savior, Christ Jesus. The Savior is the solution. We simply need to seek the solution to all problems if we are to find the specific solutions for specific problems. Resist, release, and receive. In the NLT, James 4, 7-8 says, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Matthew 7, 7-11 says, Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You, parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? Now, the special stipulations to this contracted promise is found in James 4, 2-3. Our desires need to be in alignment with God's will. Ask yourself three important questions. 1. For what are you asking? 2. Why are you asking for that specific request? And 3. Will it benefit the kingdom of God? Knowing the Lord requires faith, focus, and follow-through. Jesus promises a reward for the passionate pursuit of seeking God's will, but we must resist the devil, release our pride, and open up to the Savior in order to receive. What does the supreme superhero say about fear? There are over 300 instances in the Bible in which we are instructed not to fear, and there are two major reasons why we should not fear. One, trust in God, and two, love for others. So one, 
There should be no fear in this limited lifetime because we know our eternal destiny. Matthew 10, 28-31 says, Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin? But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. And number two, why would we fear the outcome of choosing to live a life of love? 1 John 4, 17-18 says, And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows we have not fully experienced His perfect love. Therefore, we do not fear people, nor do we fear punishment. Perfect love casts out all fear. And since we trust in God, who is love, 1 John 4, 8 and 16, and we choose to love God and others, we have no reason to fear. What does the supreme superhero say about doubt? Psalm 94:19 says, When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. Do you see how this works? Belief banishes doubt. Faith in the Savior creates hope. With hope, one has reason to seek solutions. While seeking the solution, the Holy Spirit gives the seeker wisdom and vision. Wisdom and vision plan out and produce possibilities. In the NIV, James 1, 5-8 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. In the ESV, in Matthew 14, 28-33, after Peter saw Jesus walking on the water, Peter said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me! Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Peter had faith, and so he walked on water. However, he allowed doubt within, and he started to sink. But remember, doubt was living inside of fear, and fear is faithful to follow. Doubt and fear joined forces, became a heavy anchor of burden, and caused Peter to sink. But in seeking the Savior, the solution was found. Trusting in the Lord is the solution. Faith creates hope, and hope gives birth to possibilities. In the NLT, Matthew 21:21 says, Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. 
If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything and if you have faith, you will receive it. One simply cannot have faith if that person doubts. It boils down to this. Do you trust in the Savior or not? Do you have faith or not? So faith is foundational and prayer is powerful. But in order to pray, we must first be seeking the Savior. If prayer, however, is one of the keys to being a solution seeker, then prayer needs to be properly understood. Now you will learn about prayer in greater detail in lessons 31 and 35, but I'll explain what's necessary to know for prayer to be faith-filled and purposeful as a solution seeker. Prayer is not a means of merely asking for what we want. God is not a magic genie, and prayer is not the magic lamp by which to summon God. Prayer is a connection between us and God. A healthy relationship requires constant communication. So talk. Prayer is also a way to love others. We should pray for others, as it says Ephesians 6, 18-19. But we should also pray that God's will be done and not our own. Matthew 26, verses 39, 42, and 44. In the connection of prayer, the goal is to come into alignment with God's will. Regarding prayer, it is important to remember that God always answers our prayers in one of five possible ways. Yes, no, not yet, not quite, or better yet. And it is important to thank God for all the no answers. All the no answers eventually lead to the yes moments. When we pray, we must pray for the right reasons. Motive matters, which we will discuss in Lesson 14. We don't need a mantra. We need a meaningful connection with the Maker. Prayers need to be genuine and purposeful. But remember, you don't always need to know exactly what to say. Read Romans 8, 26-28. Just be honest. James 1, 6-8 informs us that doubt makes us double-minded and unstable. Doubts are sometimes unavoidable and seem inevitable. Whether intellectually based or emotionally charged, all doubts need to be doubted and examined. If you find yourself doubting, you're certainly not alone in your struggle. In Mark 9:24, the father of the possessed son asked Jesus to help his unbelief. Having the courage to doubt your doubts and investigate their causes leads to greater confidence in your relationship with the supreme superhero. In seeking the Savior, Jesus can help work through your doubts to increase your faith. Therefore, investigate your doubts. Seek truth. Be specific about what your doubts are. Write them out and list reasons for and against them. Also, pray and never stop praying. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 Like the father of the possessed son, we too can ask the Savior to help with our unbelief. Be a solution seeker. This is important because belief casts out doubt and love casts out fear. The faith-filled become the faithful.
The faithful and loving solution seeker is stable and also able to pursue possibilities. So let's go beyond, through, and to. In the NCV, 1 Peter 5.7 says, Give all your worries to Him because He cares about you. In the NLT, Philippians 4, 6-7 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Though the Bible does not explicitly say that worry is a sin, we can still logically conclude that it is a sin by examining all the available evidence. One simply cannot trust God to provide if that person worries about provision. Likewise, one cannot trust God about well-being if that person worries about well-being. Faith is trust. There's no trust in worrying because worrying comes from doubting God. Hebrews 11.6 says it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. In Matthew 6.25-34, God tells us He will take care of all our needs. In Philippians 4.8-9, it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. And so you can pray your way to peace. Prayer is not our last resort, rather it is our first line of defense, and that is why prayer is being discussed here in addition to the end of this training manual. How do we get God's peace? By putting into practice what we learned. We have learned that we need to put our trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5-6. So let us put into practice our faith by living confidently in Christ. We can pray our way into peace. Look beyond the problem, through the potential, and into the possibilities by seeking the power of God in prayer. If we focus on all that is good and right, our focus will not be on what is bad and wrong. Now that's easier said than done, I know but I'm not telling you what is simple is also easy. If we fill our minds with God's word, we won't have enough room to fill our minds with Satan's lies and the world's wicked ways. Superheroes must think about what they're thinking about and not allow their minds to wander into the chaotic circus of sin. In our spiritual warfare, we need to wear the helmet of salvation, which we will discuss in Lesson 28, because it is spiritual armor for the mind. Negative thoughts can be replaced with positive ones, and the more that godly substitution takes place, the more peace and joy we can experience. Many times we are asking God to change our situation when God desires to change our stinking thinking. God's peace is promised to guard those who pray with thanksgiving about everything. 
Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. So stay focused. Listen, we already know the ending of the story. The Savior returns, evil is quarantined to hell, and all believers will live happily ever after with Jesus for eternity. Revelation chapters 19 to 22. Now knowing this, our focus should simply be on how to continually make things better until the supreme superhero returns. God gave people the great gift of free will, which we will discuss in Lesson 41. Where free will exists, evil is always possible. In fact, bad things are inevitable in this sinful and fallen world. But God created us to create good while we choose to live a life of love. So what are you creating? In order to be a solution seeker, we must trust in the supreme superhero and love others. Belief banishes doubt and love expels fear. Without fear and doubt, the Lord's peace will be with you and the Savior's power will enable you to be more than a conqueror in Christ, which we will discuss in Lesson 21. So, in conclusion, Jude 1, 22-23 tells us to show mercy to those who have doubts and save others by snatching them from the fire of hell. You can be a superhero. You can be a superhero by simply being a consistent solution seeker. In the name of Jesus, go be a defender of the faith by helping others battle fear and doubt. Peter was saved while sinking in the sea of doubt because he reached out to the Savior. All people can find salvation by doing exactly what Peter did, by reaching out to Jesus and trusting him to save. In fact, I did the same thing when I once found myself drowning and Jesus saved me too. Now, interestingly enough, the main point I'm trying to make was already made by a wacky 1980s band, Devo. So whip it, whip it good, in the name of Jesus. So let's take some time to reflect on all of this. Ask yourself, do you believe problems are permanent pains or merely obstacles to overcome? All superheroes see the potential beyond the problem and seek possibilities. If you believe that there is always a solution behind and beyond every perceived problem, then you possess one of the qualities of a superhero and you just might be one someday. Join me next time for Lesson 6. Thank you for listening to Superhero University, the ultimate superhero training manual. This entire training course, all 43 lessons, will be absolutely free of charge to all people who desire to become superheroes. However, in order to continue long term, we do rely on listener support. If you would like to partner with Superhero University as a financial backer to ensure that we can train up as many future superheroes as possible, you can give either a one-time or monthly tax-deductible donation by visiting pointlessthorns.wordpress.com or by simply clicking the link provided in our bio or about us section. May God continue to bless you as you continue to bless others.